special Strength Fitness Podcast, where we break down the psychology, fitness, and nutrition strategies you need to know to successfully transform your life. Uh, today's episode is a very, very special one. This is part two of the four-part Father's Day special we're doing this week. In part one, we talked with CJ Rodriguez about sexual health for men and things that we can do as men to improve our sexual health and performance. And that's a topic that we, uh, as men, we don't talk about openly at all. And I think that more eyeballs and ears need to be on it because a lot of men, especially in the digital age, are suffering from so many disorders and psychological problems that are related to their sexual health. Today, however, uh, I wanted to change things up and do things a little bit differently. I wanted to get a panel of dads on the show, so you don't just have to hear my voice. These are people from different aspects of life, different age groups, different things that they're doing. But the one common thing is everybody here is a father, myself included. And I just wanted to, uh, as the saying goes, shoot the shit and just talk. Uh, that's another thing men don't do often enough. And especially when it comes to dads and the things we face, I think that when it comes to society, there's a there's a stereotype that, you know, dads are just dads. There's nothing special about being a dad. However, anybody who is a dad knows on the back end, there's so much that goes into it, so much sacrifice, so much uh, love, so much trial. So I'd love to get uh, more feedback from my panel today. And without further ado, let me introduce you to my panel. Today on the show, we have myself. We have Jason Michaud, who uh, is somebody that I've trained with for a long time in Muay Thai kickboxing. I have JC Blanco. So JC and I, we went to high school together. This is actually one of the first times we we're talking uh, since high school. I saw him a few years ago, maybe, um, I don't know, six years ago or so, but that was it. I mean, this has been a long time, so I'm looking forward to catching up there. And we also have Stephen Occupinti. Stephen also went to the same high school as me and JC, so we kind of know each other from high school. Um, me and Stephen haven't really caught up, so this is going to be exciting. Also, because Stephen is also in the Canadian Forces. So uh, just like myself, he's in the Forces. And uh, the, you, you can see you've got different guys from different age groups. And uh, I'm expecting today is going to bring out some important conversation pieces that I get messages about daily. Just before uh, recording this podcast today, I got a message from Miko, if you guys remember him from episode four. He was my guest who lost 100 pounds like two or three times over. So he was telling me how he re resonated with the episode on sexual health because men's sexual health, who talks about that? So I'm sure today is going to be another one of those. Welcome to the episode, guys. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, um, I, you know, as I got, as I told Thanks you guys before the episode, um, today's focus is on dads, and I and I want to keep it an open ended kind of uh, recording, so we can just talk about anything and everything that has to do with dads and men. But I do want to start off with, you know, if you guys could introduce yourself to the listeners, so they can get an idea of who you are, where you are in life right now. And I'd like to start with Jason. All right. Cool. Uh, hey, MTS. Um, so, as you said, my name is Jason. I am I'm just about fifty years old. I'll be fifty in September. Um, which is crazy. Uh, I have three kids, uh, two daughters. The oldest uh, will be 20 this August. I also have a 13-year-old daughter and a son who is nine. He'll be 10 this summer as well. Uh, I live and work in Toronto. I work um, in client services and projects for like a financial printing uh, company. And uh, like Kim Tia said, I'm uh, quite interested in the martial arts. He and I trained Muay Thai for a long time together. Uh, yeah, and that's a quick uh, 
quick snapshot of where I'm at right That's now. That's awesome. Thank you for uh, introducing yourself. Uh, I'm sure there's, and I know personally, like especially on my Facebook profile, I have so many uh, men who are in your age group who are in the same situation as you. They're working like a professional job, um, but they also have some activities they like to do on the side to stay healthy. Then there's those who do the professional job, but they're not staying healthy. So I think your example would be amazing for them, uh, you know, to kind of inspire them a little bit. Uh, I want to go next to uh, JC. JC, if you want to introduce uh, yourself to everybody. Um, hi, I'm JC. Um, I'm 33 and I'm actually a newlywed. Um, I, I, I've been with my wife for six years. We've got, um, before getting married, sorry. Um, uh, just recently married, Thanks. um, two weeks ago. Uh, thank you. Thank you. We've got a, we have a two-year-old boy, um, who's growing so fast. It's insane. Um, it, it's crazy to watch a human being develop in front of you. So, um, I live in Bellwood, Ontario, it's a small town, um, between, um, Fergus and Guelph, um, I'm about an hour away from Toronto. I'm a front of house manager at a campground here that's awesome uh, thanks for uh, joining us today i know before the call years. jc messaged me and he's like are you sure you want me on what kind of topics can i not talk about <laughs> so i told him as long as you're not swearing you can talk about anything jc's one of those guys like once you get to know him you love him he's such a funny guy i'm super excited to have you on man all right steven you're my last <laughs> guest go ahead introduce your, yourself to the audience me. please hi i'm uh i'm steve akatinti i'm a 33 year old uh soldier. Uh, I guess that's the best way to describe me. I work in uh, IT. I work for the uh, Canadian military. I uh, manage a small team of uh, network administrators. I'm currently living in uh, Kingston, Ontario, uh, born and raised in Toronto. I've been all over the world doing the army thing. Um, I have four kids uh, ranging in age from 14 to three. I have three sons and uh, my youngest is a uh, my daughter, she's uh, three years old, and yeah, so uh, it's uh, been an adventure so far. So uh, I'm I'm glad to be on the panel and be able to uh, to share some insights. Thank you for joining us. I'm super interested in getting your insights on the military lifestyle and the kind of impact it has on being a dad, because I think that's such a unique perspective to have. You know, being in the military, you're away for a while, right? It's not exactly the typical uh, family relationship. So I'm, I'm super excited to get into that. I, I got to ask you, when did you join the forces? So I joined the forces uh, directly out of high school in 2006. Um, so I, I've been doing it now for 15 years in September. Um, so in that, uh, 15 years, I've gone from a scared high school graduate to, uh, pretty much a, uh, I've become, uh, IT professional. I was able to do all my training through the, uh, through the armed forces. So that's industry accreditations. That's, uh, a lot of hands-on, uh, practical training. So it's been, uh, it's been interesting, but it's also been, uh, it's been rewarding in the sense that, uh, you know, you, you kind of develop your parenting style based off of your experiences with other people, right? So yeah. um, having that ability to have people mentor you and have people that you're mentoring as well, it's kind of a, a, symbi a symbiotic relationship, right? So like 
certain things that you you learn from your children, you can use those sort of techniques with your subordinates or your peers. You know, if one thing works for them, it may work in other facets and vice versa. So, you know, being able to break down complex things to very simple instructions, that's an asset that we do with soldiers, being able to take complex orders and give very precise, hey, you're going to go over there and you're going to do the thing. It's something that you kind of think more about with your kids because, you know, being able to say to a kid, hey, I need you to clean this room. They don't understand. They don't know what precise steps they need to follow to have the objective completed. So it's been it's been very beneficial, I find. Uh, it has been complicated. Like you say, you know, uh, I've been on four deployments internationally and trying to parent and be involved with your kids over a, a Zoom call or a Skype call right, yeah. is a career, but you know, you, you, you got to kind of adapt and overcome. For the, for the lay person who doesn't understand like how long a deployment c- can last, what's an average deployment length? So uh, most of our deployments are uh, six-month deployments, but depending on what the uh, kind of the, the battle rhythm, if, I guess that's a buzzword, mm-hmm. but uh, kind of what the, uh, the situation on the ground is. So uh, I've done short deployments. They've been gone for a month and a half. And I've also done longer deployments where we got delayed. So I was there for seven and a half months. So it, wow. it's kind of variable to see, okay, and you're living minute to minute too, right? So like I had a situation where the short deployment I was on, I was only supposed to be there for a week and a half, mm-hmm. but I ended up there for six and a half weeks. And it was constantly a, you know, having to, to manage expectations and be like, okay, well, when's dad coming home? It's like, well, I'm hoping to be home soon. And having to leave it very open ended and kind of off the cuff, right? So it's it's kind of weird when you know people are kind of used to you know okay, well, dad's gonna be home at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Or you know, there's a there's a firm finish line. So when uh, you stop working and you go back home and you you go and you're a dad, not so much with my line of work. That's fascinating. Okay, no I mean, that's that's just yeah. I was just gonna say that's that's a very different experience than than the average person. You're absolutely right. I that's uh that's amazing because six i can't i i have difficulty as you're as you were talking i was trying to imagine like being away from home for six months just and it it's very difficult to wrap my head around so that's that's an impressive uh challenge that you have there jason what do you think your life would be like if you were you know away from home for like six months at a time I don't know. I, I like I said, it's very difficult to wrap my head around it. I mean, the, I'm uh, I'm very much, or I, I should say, I have become, in becoming a father in particular, I think, uh, very much um, attached to being at home, and and uh, I guess to sort of to put that in perspective, I, I remember uh, being away for a weekend for my brother's bachelor party and we were out at a cottage for like i think three days two nights maybe uh and by the end of it i was i was stressed about getting home 
And I remember I took a wrong turn because I had to, I was driving a couple of other guys and I was dropping them off where I wasn't super familiar with the territory. I took a wrong turn. And so I got home much later and by, by much, not like five and a half weeks later, like Steven, but like, like an hour, <laughs> you know what I mean? Relative. And, <laughs> and I was stressed. Like really, I was really stressed about it. And I was, I was, I was almost in tears when I finally pulled into my driveway at the relief of, of being home, you know, after, like I said, like three days away plus an extra hour. Like, so I, I mean, I, I guess I would get used to it. If that was my life, I would find ways to cope like I'm sure Stephen has and to deal with it and to manage, you know, parenting from a distance. And, but but sitting here right now, listening to it, I'm feeling stressed about it. Just thinking about it, it's making me tense. Oh, I get that. Now, JC, you're you're the newest dad in the group. You're the one who's the the fresh dad. You know, when you think about spending that kind of time <laughs> away from your kids, right, uh, for work or whatever other reason, uh, what thoughts come to you? Um, I share the same sentiment as Jason. There, I think. It's hard to put myself in that position. Like I travel maybe three, four weeks out of the year um, for someone as young as my son, you know, a week, a lot can change. And if you're gone for six months and you've got, you know, a kid as young as my boy, I can only imagine, you know, how you're feeling overseas, you know, having to heck, make sure that you get home to your family safe and sound. That pressure alone, um, I don't know. That's a tough one. It's funny because an opportunity kind of was sprung, sprung up for my family and I, where I was offered to, uh, for a bit, I, I kind of dabbled in aviation. I was a flight attendant for two years, and someone caught wind that I used to do that, and um, they're offering me, a position for December this this year, and I was talking about it to my wife, and I said, you know, I don't think I could even for a month go away and miss miss Christmas or miss birthdays or what have you. I, 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 I think that's that's part of what know. makes you it, know it, it's uh, tough. Uh, soldiers <laughs> de deserving uh, of such respect because of the sacrifices that goes into it, especially when they're yeah. a family man or a family woman. Uh, me, yeah. you know, myself personally, I'm in the reserve, so I'm not on rec forces. Rec forces, you know, that's what you're doing nine to five, right? I'm in the reserve, so I get to have like a civilian career and then go get trained in the army and do all of that stuff. Even with that schedule, like even being away for like a few weeks in the summer or a few months in the summer, back when I did basic training, you know, I didn't even have kids back then, but I was like, oh my God, like this is, uh, this is hard being away from your loved ones. And then when the kids came into the picture, I'm not going to lie. It factored into my decision uh, whether I took some career progression courses or not at a certain time. Because I, I just, I was like, how can I leave my two-month-old at home? You know, like, it, it's so, I think that's part of the reason why, you know, soldiers deserve so much respect because the sacrifices they make to be ready to protect us and, and serve the country and, 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 you know, stand for what they believe in, that's uh, commendable. Now, I want to I wanna circle back to Jason for a second here. Sure. And I want to get everybody's opinion as well. But Jason, I'll start with you. 
Um, obviously, this is a health, fitness, and nutrition podcast. Yeah. So I definitely want to touch on this because a lot of men, like even in my last training group of, uh, you know, twelve week transformation and whatnot, I had a brand new dad who has like a brand new baby, like a month old. Yeah. And he was he was struggling, and I told him, "Listen, you have to be ready for these challenges because your life is now different. Yeah. It's it's not going to be the same." So, Jason, you have obviously got a lot of experience with that, you know, before with the kids and after the kids. Yes, right. And I know you person. I know you personally, so I know you stay active. You still stay, you know, active in some form. Yep. What was your life like before the kids? When it came to your health, fitness, and the things you could do, and how did it change? And how do you manage it? Uh, okay, so I mean. Before the kids, um, when I first started training, um, you know, I, I would go to uh, Muay Thai classes, you know, as often as I could, uh, which meant multiple times a week. Uh, you know, if, I could, if it was a good week, I was getting in there four or five times a week. I'd get up on a Saturday morning and I'd drive over to the gym, uh, even if there wasn't a class going on, you know, just to hit the bag or whatever. Um, and then, um, when my second daughter was born, it obviously slowed down a little bit. Um, but, but it was still manageable. Um, I was probably, you know, not going to as many classes during the week, but still managing to sneak out for an hour or two on the weekends. And when my son was born, um, I had to take a break from, from regular Muay Thai training. And so I took like I think a year and a half off and I just stayed home and I kind of, I kind of lost track of the fitness for a while. So that would have been, you know, eight years ago, let's say, or so. Um, but I, I reached a point where, you know, I, two things happen. I mean, one, there's a big difference between a newborn and a, and a couple of years later, but also I felt, I really missed it. And I felt, I felt it not just physically, obviously, but also mentally it was, a uh, you know, to, to lose that, um, I guess all the cliche stuff, but it's all true. Like the, the stress release and, um, just that, that sense of well being from, from doing something to love that is keeping you active and keeping you healthy. Uh, so I went back to it and, um, it, it's just a balancing act like everything else, right? You go to work all day in my case, that's sort of a nine to five. And then, um, you know, you, you get home and you do stuff with the kids and, and you, maybe you make dinner or maybe, you know, it's a day when, uh, you go straight from work to the gym, but you just find the time. There's always pockets of time and, and, and it can be really hard to come by, but, you know, uh, if it means not, sometimes it means, you know, just not sitting in front of the TV uh, and choosing to use that hour to go to a class or whatever. Um, does it, does it get easier when your kids get older? It does. It does for sure. Yeah. Like mine, like I said, you know, my, I have the three, uh, my oldest daughter doesn't live at home anymore. And so it's just a 13 year old and the almost 10 year old. And when they get a little more self-sufficient, obviously. It gets easier, you know, and, and Stephen, you're, you're, uh, you know, you have the three-year-old, but the older ones, you know, they take care of themselves a little bit, right? They can get themselves a bowl of cereal in the morning, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but you really have to, because everybody has the same challenges, right? Those days when you just don't have the energy, you don't think that you can do it, or 
absolutely there's, there's something else that you know would just be easier or you feel like you should do but if you if it if it's important to you you can find the time and and i'm rambling a little bit here so feel free to cut me off but now that we're in the pandemic situation where you know can't get to the gym uh because it's closed um i think that it's become a little easier and a little more difficult to find the time and and the reason that i say that easier because i'm already home <laughs> all day every day uh so you know there's no commute time anymore there's no uh picking up the kids from school because they're they have to school from home uh, all those things um that are a little they eat away your time those are times that i can find to to exercise to take care of myself uh but at the same time you're left to your own devices. I don't have a coach or a training partner pushing me to, 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 to do the exercises, to do one more set, to do, you know, to get outside and, and, and take a run or whatever. You have to find that. You have to find that in yourself. And I've got Stephen here nodding behind the scenes. Stephen, I'm sure you can relate to a lot of that. How did this affect you? You know, your transition from, I mean, you went in the military right out of high school. So that's a unique perspective. If you want to share that with us. So the thing that I noticed, the, the huge shift that happened with me was that uh, fitness was something that I kind of had to do for my job when I was younger, before I had kids where, okay, well, you know what? I guess I'm, I have to be at work for seven o'clock in the morning and we're going for a run. So that's what we're doing. Um, but when it, when I started to have kids, uh, I realized that, okay, you know what? That's my time. That time, those two hours before I go to work that I have to do my own PT, my physical training, that's my time. That's time for me to reflect on how I'm feeling, to get some fitness into me, go for a run, go for a bike ride you know, lift some weights, just kind of get the stress of it all out. Um, the problem that kind of happens after a while is that like, uh, you know, like uh, Jason was saying, you know, uh, things start to eat away at that time and you start prioritizing other things, right? So if it's, you know, you haven't, you haven't had sleep because you have a toddler or you have a newborn. So what, what takes priority, right? You want to get that extra hour of sleep instead of going for a run or, you know, Hey, you know, you don't want to ditch your partner because they're having a hard time with things too. Like my, my wife had some really bad postpartum depression. So it was one of those situations where it was like, you have to balance everything. Now that my kids are older, it's kind of a, they keep me fit. That's the, that's the way I will, I will put it. Um, so the thing that I, I kind of have, have thought to myself is that, you know what, now that my kids are older, I want to be able to be active with them. And that's my motivation for staying fit and trying to keep healthy is that, you know, my 14 year old, he, I have to set an example for him, right? So, you know, if, if he was left to his own device, he would sit and, you know, play 40 nights for six hours a day and not, not move. Um, you know, and, you know, chasing after a three-year-old, Taz, <laughs> you know exactly how that, how active that gets. But, you know, I, I look at it as, you know what, do I want to be that dad that's active, that's, you know, taking part, that's chasing them on the playground, 
that can, you know, uh, be that model for them? Or do I want to be, you know, a lazy dad, which there are enough of those in the world where, you know, they go to work, they come home, they crack a beer, they sit on the couch, and that's what they do. And, you know, that kind of, that doesn't sit well with me. That's not modeling good behavior. And it's also not supporting my kids and making, you know, their life active and, you know, having that, that enjoyment. So, you know, it's, it's something where, you know, I've, I've traded the gym for going for a hike or, you know, I've traded, traded going for a run for going for a bike ride with my kids or, you know, just, just trying to be, uh, what's the word they use, uh, performative fitness where it's you're, you're using, uh, what's around you to, you know, perform tasks that you normally would do in your everyday life. And it's keeping you fit as opposed to, you know, going and doing a Muay Thai class or, you know, CrossFit or whatever it is. Right. So that's, that's kind of what my position has been is, you know, Hey, I got to do this for my kids now, which, you know, so far so good. I mean, I've only dealt with a couple injuries, but you know, just making sure that in, you know, 10 years from now, when I'm 43 and I'm, you know, hitting that midlife phase that I'm still able to do the things that they want to do and spend time with them in, you know, activity, as opposed to just having to sit around and watch a show or, you know, just, just not be moving. So, you know, that's, that's kind of been my motivation to keep fit. I think that's so important what you said is, you know, using the things around you to stay in shape and get the fitness in rather than kind of, you know, maybe going the extra step and going to a class. Because uh, in my experience, personal experience, as well as coaching clients, I've seen that a lot of people overcomplicate fitness, especially, you know, moms and dads who you have a job, you have kids, you have so much responsibility. They overcomplicate it. I reached that point as well. So Jason, the reason I stopped coming to Warrior is because I just couldn't do it anymore. The time wasn't there. It's either I'm training for two hours, three hours at the gym, or I'm spending a, a, an hour or two with my kids and doing other things around the house. So they, I, it came to that where I'm like, I can't drive 40 minutes out there, 40 minutes back, train two hours. And that's just, you know, that's a quarter of my day right there. So I, I had to make that choice. And the pandemic, ironically, forced me to identify with the fact that, listen, the world's changing. I have to not get used to training at home. So it forced me to upgrade and get creative and to start making things at home, implements that I made on my own. I got, I, I invested in some gym equipment for home that I could put away, tuck away in my apartment because it's just a tiny apartment, but I could use this to get a full body workout at home and not have to rely on just the gym because, you know, if pandemic wasn't here, my kids are still here. I'm still responsible for them. I still want to spend time with them. And that's the reality that I faced. Now, JC, you're in a unique spot. Because like, like I keep saying, you're the new dad. So this is perfect perspective for all the prospective dads and the new dads. I actually have a friend who is expecting to be a dad anytime this week, next week, I think. So, you know, it's perfect if he's listening, he knows who he is. What's your fitness been like? Because last time we spoke, which was, I think, about six to eight years ago, something like that, you came to that kickboxing gym that me and Jason trained at, and you asked me about personal training. So what was your life like before having uh, your son? And what is it like now when it comes to your health and fitness? Well, I could definitely maintain some level of consistency, you know, when I was single before kids or before my <laughs> kid. Um, I enjoy cardio. I enjoy running. That's what I like to do. Um, I, I, do I don't see a lot of gains, weight lifting and whatnot. Um, I like to run. Um, but these days, this is why I asked you if I'm the right person to talk to because 
I'm greener than green, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the process of figuring things out. Uh, I'm laughing because I'm just talking to my wife about this. I'm like, I have to tell him I'm on an air fryer diet right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, you know, I must agree with what Jason said there. You know, you find pockets of time and you kind of find yourself on a fork on the road there making tough decisions. Do, do, do I watch a TV show with wife and catch up or do I hit the punching bag in the basement for an hour and do 12 rounds? Um, most often than not, I you know, I have a demanding job. By the end of the day, you just want to hang out with your kid and hang out with your wife and the evening kind of wins. Um, so I'm in that process of finding the perfect balance. You know, um, I try at least once a week to go downstairs and, you know, burn some calories and put a workout in. I'd like to be more consistent, but one battle at a time. <laughs> yeah, I, this is why I thought I thought you were perfect for it because being a new dad, I remember I went through the same thing when I become a new dad. I'm sure Steve and uh, Jason, you can agree with this too. Yeah. There's that transition period where you don't really know what to do. And if you look at, as a coach, I've been in this industry for like 15 plus years. I've, doing, I've been doing this for so long, uh, you know, and you start learning the the reality of society, which is you look at programs that are out there for men and women, there's a huge disparity. You look at programs for women or moms, there's mommy boot camps and mommy booty days and all of these little special things for women, which is great, awesome. But for men, you see two distinct programs. One is for the, the athlete or the young guy who wants to be jacked and shredded, like the bodybuilder style. Two is that, oh, you're 45 or 50 now, so come reignite your passion, boost your testosterone, they'll usually use testosterone in their ads. You see these two types of ads. You don't see anything in the middle for, you know, between like 25 to 45 or 50. You don't see anything for the guys in that time span who are dads, who are going through the motions of having a career, having a family, maybe having kids. So I think, you know, the fact that you just shared with the audience that you really, you're trying to figure this out, more people than you think actually share that with you. More people actually have that same anxiety saying, what do I do? Right. And like Jason said, this is why experience is so awesome. You know, you got to find those little pockets. You got to do what you can, the tiny little things. And Steven said, use what you have around you. I, I like when I work out every single workout, I'm there with my kids. And the reason I do it is one, it's just easier to manage them if they're doing the same thing as I am. But second, they enjoy it. It's a bonding thing. And I'm building a life habit for them where fitness isn't like a chore. It's like, it's just normal. You work out every day or every other day. And that's just part of life. There's nothing difficult about it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Like, you know, working out with the kids and getting them involved. I must say my son is the toughest personal trainer I have ever had. <laughs> he doesn't stop running. He just goes and goes <laughs> and goes and goes. He wants to jump. He wants to hang on my back. He, he wants to do everything. Some days uh, I wonder, like, how did I survive that? <laughs> you breathe bit by bit <laughs> so like just to just to piggyback off of that you know you talk about him when he's you know a toddler and he's climbing all over you i have my 14 year old um i've i've made the joke that i need to stay fit because i need to make sure that i can still kick his butt if i need to because there have been times where you know uh you know 
his hormones are racing and he's, uh, you know, he's getting aggressive and I have to, you know, kind of just figure out, Hey, you know what? I need to make sure that there's a time where you're not going to get the jump on me. Cause I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to make sure that <laughs> you're in line. And, yeah. you know, just like, like Taz was saying, you know, like, uh, making your kids are going to want to work out with you, but they're not going to call it working out. You know, no. I think, I think the whole, the whole crime of the fitness uh, industry that you're a part of their Taz is that uh, they market to adults things that we do as children and it's just normal. It's play. Right. So, you know, I think about it. I remember being six or seven years old and playing tag for three hours and anything of it. But now you tell me, oh, yeah, you're going to go for a run for three hours. I kind of bulk at it because it's like, no, like, I don't want to do that. that. Who goes for a run for three hours? But when you're, right. when you're doing play, when you're playing sports, when you're chasing your kids, when you're at the playground, these things, they're fitness. They count as fitness. Yeah. They're not a workout. They're not like you're not doing so many reps and so many sets to try and get it done. You're just you're just playing and you're keeping fit. And I think that especially for parents, especially for new dads that, you know, we're, a lot of us are kind of targeted for fitness, if that makes sense, in the sense that we are, um, you know, oh, you're not, you're not, you're sleep deprived. Oh, you're not feeling as good as you did before you had kids. Oh, you're having some body image issues. Oh, well, spend all this money, buy this, uh, you know, product from us, be it a class or whatever, and it'll make everything better. Whereas, it's, you know, if you just go and chase your kids in a field for an hour, because I've, I've done that before because I've had to, because that's what they wanted to do. <laughs> like, like bag, right? So but yeah. I, I tell you that I, that hour went by so quickly and I put far more of my own personal effort into it than I would if it was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm on the treadmill for an hour because we all kind of like, kind of you're able to pace yourself a bit better when you're, you're on your own time. But when you're having to chase after someone or someone's chasing after you, you just, you, you go on X, X games mode, right? Because you, you want to, yeah. you want to show off a bit. You want to make sure that you're not, uh, you're not the old guy that uh, kind of let things fall. Right. So especially if yeah, it's your kids. Yeah, for sure. And the time there becomes sort of immaterial too. You're not thinking about how long you're doing it or how many sets, like you said. Yeah. And, uh, and you know what, both of you guys, Imtiaz and and I think Stephen, both touched on the same thing in a way or other is, is uh, about just modeling healthy behavior for your kids, right? Whether it's, you know, what you're putting in your mouth or, you know, just just getting up and moving and staying active and and just, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't work out with my kids the way that you do, Imtiaz and and uh, not that I haven't tried, um, but I think that, you know, modeling uh, a sort of healthy, active um, lifestyle is a positive no matter what. And uh, I think that's important. And like you said, Stephen, too, like there's, there's already too many people that don't do that, uh, that do just the opposite. And, and so if you can if you can do that in any capacity, uh, well, and it's step ahead already. Of course, it's not just, uh, you know, physical fitness and running. It's, it's mental fitness. It's addiction. It's yeah. All sorts of stuff. Like, you know, um, 
I think uh, Kipling said it best, you know, there's a little man that, that follows me. Uh, and, you know, I, I've had to check myself. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I, uh, you know, I'm two and a half years sober now. Um, oh, congratulations. That's amazing. You know, especially dealing. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I have PTSD issues, other issues involved with it, you know, life that, that has happened to, to me. Right. So it's one of those things where, you know, you have to model the behavior that you want your kids to, to model. Right. So, you know, yeah. having, having to be real with them and be like, Hey, you know what? Hey, I'm not feeling too good because of X, Y, and Z, or I'm feeling these emotions, or, you know, I'm going in and getting treatment for something, or I'm talking to someone about, you know, how I'm feeling. Too often, we put up the wall of silence as men. And that is much to not only our own personal detriment, the detriment of our spouses, but also our kids too. Because, you know, the, the stoic sort of attitude that we have towards fitness holistically not just physical fitness but mental fitness emotional fitness it just kind of you know it 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 passes the trauma on to the next generation right so i've i've, yeah. kind, of, I've kind of had to be more self-aware about that and be you know a lot more transparent to my kids than you know i i ever thought i'd have to be because you know um my my father was a quiet man and he didn't really didn't mm. really show us his demons until we were older and I started facing the same demons and it was like, well, why, why didn't you warn me? Like you, you could have, could have helped me here. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of of that opinion that, Hey, you know what? If I can give them the warning signs, if I can tell them, Hey, there's a, there's a speed bump in the road there. It hopefully it doesn't hit as hard as it hit for me. Right. So that's kind of what my, my mentality has been. And it's the same with, with physical fitness, right? Like if I'm modeling the behavior, if I'm setting them up for success and making it part of their sort of their daily life, then it, it kind of helps them down the road. Yeah. That's, that was, that's so deep, which you guys touched on both of you. And I definitely want to touch on that uh, and give my kind of two cents. But before I do that, JC, being a young dad, how often do you get to talk about these topics with other dads or guys in your age range? Um, not a whole lot. Actually, this is the first time I've had any interaction with other dads. Um, most of my friends are scattered around the globe and are just in the middle of starting their careers. And I'm the first one, <laughs> I guess. Um, it is interesting, but uh, I'm very fortunate that um, my wife is I can be very open with my wife. Um, she's been great help for me. Um, having my son has been the greatest life lesson for me. It's taught me to be patient. It's taught me to, uh, it, it helped me heal. Like I, I was raised in a very sheltered uh, family um cultish almost um i had no idea what the outside world looked like so the mistakes that i should have been making when i was 15 16 years old i was making when i was 21 um it, so it was tough i had to yeah. realize that before this kid enters this world i need to figure myself out i need to be the best version of myself if i'm going to raise this person successfully um, right now we're, my wife and I are kind of 
honing in on teaching my kid to deal with disappointment. Um, there's a lot, I, I feel like there's a lot of uh, sense of entitlement to in, in, in the young kids, teenagers and young adults that I see. Um, it's all about instant gratification. And when things don't go well, that's when you start seeing um, the weird and, 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 and irrational behavior take place in society. So um, coming from a, a sheltered household where I wasn't allowed to do anything kind of helped me in the long, kind of helped me in a way. Cause um, I was able to deal with not being able to do what other kids did and internalize it and process it and kind of find ways to entertain myself. And, um, and I'm trying to pass that on to my kid, you know, just to, to be able to handle obstacles and, and, and have mental fortitude and yeah. So you feel like you, you, you had a, a lot of experience younger as a younger person dealing directly with that, that very thing you're trying to teach your son now, yeah. dealing with disappointment. Yeah. Like I was raised a Jehovah's witness and, and, and those are the people that knocked on doors and were not allowed to yeah. celebrate birthdays or, or, or Christmas or new years. Um, I wasn't allowed to hang out with anybody. Um, I think my one outlet in high school was badminton and that's where MTS and I kind of became close friends. But other than that, it was yeah. church school home. I had to find oh, yeah. ways to kind of entertain myself and keep myself sane. Um, I don't want my kid to go through the same things that I went through. So I'm trying to kind of give him what I never had, not in a material way, but in the support love uh, that I, I didn't enjoy that most kids did when they were younger. It's it's funny you say that because I was on the other end of the pendulum swing there where, uh, you know, my dad worked three jobs. He was never home and I was given a wide berth. So long as I was home before he was home, then there was no issue. So, you know, I remember being 14, 15 and, you know, doing the bush party thing, uh, you know, drinking till two in the morning, you know, drugs, all these sort of things where I had no oversight. I had no uh no one was keeping account of me same with you know schoolwork it was you know always oh is is your schoolwork done yeah my okay cool and that's that because there wasn't there wasn't someone present and so i'm i'm kind of i'm i'm hearing you say okay yeah you know someone clamped down hard on you and there was a lot of oversight and you know my fear is is actually the the opposite, because, you know, I didn't have oversight and I was kind of left to my own devices in the, the worst way possible and bad things happen. So it's, it's definitely your kids are able to make mistakes and to get messy and to, you know, uh, what is it? You know, they're falling off the rope, but they have a safety net in, in your parents and your, in their dad and making sure that, Hey, you know what? Like, it's okay if you screw up because I'm going to be here to help you get back on the horse. And, uh, you know, that's, that's something that I've had to try and model myself without having to, you know, seem that I was being overbearing or if I was, uh, you know, too much of a, a hover parent. Right. So 
funny it's, you say it's, that. It's, it's very, yeah. You know, we're like you said, we're on, on two different sides, but I, I think our our goals are kind of similar. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Because I, I I think we're we're trying to find that middle ground between the two. And it's a thin line to walk, man. Yeah, it so, is. So let me ask you guys this. Let me ask you guys this. This is very interesting. You guys are from, you know, two kind of opposite spectrums when it comes to your experiences with your dads and kind of your growing up. Um, but why do you think both of you are on a similar path now where you're trying to do um, things for your kids that'll give them the support network? You come from different backgrounds. So how did you end up in the same place? You got to break the cycle. It's got to start somewhere. Sometimes you got, you know, you got to break the egg to make the omelet. My, my wife's favorite saying, um, <laughs> you know, and it's, it, it's painful. It's a painful process. There's a lot of self-reflection. There's a lot of visits to the shrink. There's a lot of two o'clock calls to your mentors. You know, it's a lot of self-work to get to where you want. And, and my driving, and I think I could speak the same for you, Steve, we want to be better, better parents. We, that's it. We, we want to make sure that our kids grow up and, uh, differently than I did. Um, I want to give him the opportunity to make mistakes. I want him to fall and break his bones and, 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 and fall in love and break his heart and, uh, you know, experience all that without having to think or fear that no one's going to be there for me because I messed up, you know, I, I want him to do all of that and, and, and come out of it stronger knowing that he was never alone experiencing life. Jason, what, 100%. Jason, what was your experience like? I mean, your dad was from a different generation than, you know, Stevens, JC's or my dad's. Yeah. Right? What was your experience like? That's very true. Um, I'll answer that question. I was just, you know what? Okay. I'll answer that first. I was going to say it my my experience was probably, um, I, well, after listening to Stephen and JC, it was very, very much, um, in the middle, I suppose of those. I mean, my parents, um, they weren't absent, um, but they also weren't strict. There was there was some oversight growing up. You know, I didn't have complete free reign, but but there was no. It wasn't overbearing either, and. Um, the, the only thing that stands out to me in my adulthood is that my parents never particularly encouraged me to do anything. Do you know what I mean? Like if I said, oh, I want to play soccer because my friends are playing soccer, right? join the soccer league, they would sign me up for soccer. But there was no push to do it. There was no, if I didn't feel like going to practice because I was feeling lazy, they were like, all right, don't go. You know what I mean? And it was the same with school. And it was the same with, it was the same with everything. You know, I, I was, I had a fair amount of freedom to try things out, um, but there was no, there was no push to, to persevere through the tough times of those things, um, or to um, make a greater effort uh, with school or or any of that stuff. Now, I was also 
you know, and, and then in my teenage years, I was a bad kid. Um, uh, you know, I was like Stephen, I was out all night. I was at bush parties. Uh, I spent a lot of my adolescence growing up in Port Hope, which is a small town about an hour east of Toronto, where there's not very much to do uh, for wayward youth other than, you know, hang out by the train tracks or the bushes and get wasted. So that's what I did. Um, but again, you know, there was never any major consequence. I got caught all the time. It wasn't particularly <laughs> stealthy or anything. So, but there, but there was never any major consequences for my behavior or, you know, any real, uh, anything to deter me from continuing to act that way. Um, what I was going to say too, is that listening to both JC and Steven talk about their experiences and then to ask your question about how they both arrived, it sounded to me, you know, maybe it's oversimplifying it, but you know, when, when we have an upbringing that we perceive as left less than ideal, there's, there's kind of two ways you can go with it. There's the, the people that, that follow that pattern because that's just the way it is. That's how parents are. That's how families are. And then there's, you know, people like Stephen and JC who have recognized the things that, that they didn't think were good, the things that they didn't like, and, and taken from that lessons that they can apply to their own families and their own children, uh, which is awesome, right? Like that's, that's the ideal, right? Is to learn learn from your own mistakes, but also learn from other people's mistakes. And, and if those people are your parents, so be it. But you know what I mean? I, I definitely agree with you, Jason. I think it's, uh, what is it? Uh, it's called generational trauma. That was the, the term that uh, sure. I kind of held on to was that, you know, generation after generation. Okay. You know what? This is just, this is how it was done to me. So this is how you parent a kid. And it's not until we know better that we do better. Right. So it was definitely something for me where, you know, I thought about what was going on in my childhood, in my adolescence, in my teenage years. And I think, you know, I look at what went on and it's, it's something that it's, you know, I, I think about, okay, would I, would I allow that to happen to my child? Would I allow my child to do that? How yeah. would I react? And it's, it's, you know, being able to, to think, okay, well, you know what, this is, this is, uh, you know, this is what my dad did. And then getting that visceral feeling like, okay, no, not doing that. Let's find something else, anything else. Yeah. Um, and using that as your motivation to move forward and be a better parent, be a better uh, example. And not necessarily, you know, trying to get the gold star parents, you know, you, you do everything right. Cause you know, I, I screw up on the regular. <laughs> you can't do and, everything right. <laughs> oh no. Absolutely. You know, uh, I, I, Parenting is a series of choices and learning to live with the guilt afterwards. But, uh, <laughs> well said. you know, uh, um, you know, it's definitely, and JC, I, I know, you know, with your experience and mine, you know, being completely different, I think we both have the same motivation that, Hey, you know what, there's gotta be a better way to do this exactly. than what we went through. Exactly. Now I'm going to add in my two cents here because I, I I relate so it's so interesting the dynamic we have in this group. This was completely not planned, you know. I just I invited you guys yesterday and said, "Hey guys, do you do you want to join this episode because I think you guys are perfect for it." And uh-uh. it's funny how it works out. So uh, on the one hand, you've got, you know, uh Jason and Steven who've had, you know, in their teenage years, a kind of a rough teenage year kind of going out partying, etc. 
And on the other side, you've got JC and myself. And I relate to JC's upbringing where it was more sheltered, way more sheltered. And I'm, my personality, the way I just am, the way I, I've been created is I'm very outgoing. So for me, those years were like, you know, increasing the pressure in a soda can. Like I just couldn't wait. So like exactly like JC, I made the mistakes I should have been making in my mid to early teens, in my later teens and early 20s, which, you know, had a greater cost associated with it for me. Yeah. So that was not fun. That was a learning experience. That was but, a steep learning curve, brother. <laughs> yes. And it's yeah. not a fun one. It's usually painful. So that, that, that kind of sucked for a while. Uh, but, you know, like that's what drives me. Like when I look at my kids and I want to ask this to the, to the panel as well, is, you know, what what drives you? Like, if you were to think of the one singular thought or mission or philosophy, what drives you to want to be a better parent? Why? Why should you be a better parent? It's not about me anymore. I, I, I want I want my kids to have my kid and other kids because I want more. I want them to have a better life than me. And I think by not breaking the cycle, you're kind of stopping human evolution like you gotta get better uh, that's the only way to keep our species alive because there's a lot of dumb people out there <laughs> you know and, and i think our kids are gonna run into trouble they're gonna run into mistakes but if we've got i i, I believe that if i give them a solid foundation they'll be fine they'll be fine i want to give them a better life that's my bottom line yeah, I would agree with that sentiment. I mean, um, things, life changes so fast right now in particular, right? This world, like back when our, you know, our parents were growing up and our grandparents before that, you know, uh, the world was still changing, but it changed at a much slower pace for the most part, right? Whereas now, you know, it's just this acceleration all the time. Things change very quickly. Um, and I think that if you are, if you are on shaky ground, um, you know, personally, mentally, emotionally, and you're trying to navigate things that are whipping by you and changing super fast, you're going to have a hard time because you're on wobbly feet already. So having just like as as solid a foundation and as much confidence in yourself uh as you can if you can give that to your kids they're just going to be much more able to navigate their way through this like you know lightning paced world i think that's oh, absolutely. important i mean my kids good lord like at, at my my oh, okay so i have two daughters for those of you who don't know one is five and one is one um, one. One. My, <laughs> right and this uh, hopefully that's not the last one hopefully we'll have an army <laughs> by the time i'm done but my older one my older one now uh she can navigate the the cell phones and the tablets like like it's it's just part of her it's she doesn't have to think about it, it just flows through at her age i keep telling her this all the time at your age i was outside playing with a stick and some rocks like <laughs> that was that's how how quickly like jason's saying that's how quickly yeah. life changes Be between one generation to the next i mean you're talking about a difference of what like 20 some years in my case between the time i was her age and you know my daughter's her age now 
good Lord, like they're, they're playing on TVs and tablets and they're going to end up teaching us about God knows what kind of technology. So uh, I mirror that sentiment that, you know, you have to give them a solid foundation because personal experience in my community. So I, I come from a Southeast Asian background, right? I grew up mostly out of that community. So I, I grew up in the Middle East for, you know, five or six years of my life. And then I grew up in Canada for the majority of my life. So for the most part, I consider myself Canadian. But my heritage is Southeast Asian and I have ties to the community. And one of the biggest things in my community is parents enforce their will or the things they want for their kids on the kids. And you guys have probably heard about this in the news. You know, there was this kid, I think last year, two years ago, the some Bengali kid, right? Who killed his entire family, right? You guys yeah. remember that? He got caught, right? Right. That I, I've experienced that. Like I've experienced that kind of pressure where the parents are like, you're either a doctor, lawyer, engineer, and the pressure's on. And if you're not that, I remember Steve, JC, I remember in high school, it was grade 11, I think, or grade 12. I came back home and I always hated calculus, but my dad was a calculus teacher at some point in his life. So, you know, there was all that ex expectation. I came home with a 98 average end of the year, right? Like grade 11 or grade 12. I'm like, I'm super happy. I think it was grade 11. And I show him the report card, super proud and kind of waiting for him to give me some words of encouragement. He's, he looks at it. He pulls it up the blue sheet. I'll never forget it. And he's like, where's the other 2%? For real. Say that. You remember in high school that I was, I was a band nerd like crazy. I remember uh, that, yeah. High school, and I enjoyed it. And I played because I was passionate. But my father was a career musician and it was always one of those things where it was like nothing you know oh you were you know why aren't you practicing oh you only got 88 on this uh this music exam what's going on so i i got to the point where but enough of this and i flipped the table and i i dropped music and i said nope i'm not doing it and i had that sort of uh i'm i'm thankful i had that ability but you know we're, we're talking about what sort of motivates us as, as parents to, to do better for our kids. And I think my, my end goal is that when my kids are grown, when they're, you know, in their, their twenties and their mid twenties and their early thirties, I want them to want to be friends with me, to want to spend time with me, yeah. to not be the, you know, relic from their past that, you right. know, kind of ugly. Um, you know, I've, I've managed to mend the relationship with my father, but it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I think, uh, especially having gone through mental health and therapy and all that sort of stuff. Um, my goal as a father is to give my kids an upbringing where they don't have to talk to a therapist afterwards, where they don't have to, uh, you know, uh, you know, have to reflect on their past and be like, oh yeah, no, that was, that was a. That was a bad sign. Yeah, you don't and, want to you know, be part of their emotional baggage. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That's hundred exactly. percent what motivates yeah. me is that hey, you know what? Like, let's let's see where you want to go. I'll be here to help you get there if that's what it is. But you know what? Like at the end of the day, I, I want to be, you know, not in the stereotypical way that, oh yeah, I'm I'm my kid's best friend and you know, they get whatever they want. No, you know, establishing barriers and boundaries. Right. But being the type of person where you know, they're 22 and they're like, Hey dad, I kind of don't know what I'm doing here. Can you help me? And be, being right. that, that person that they want to go to and, you know, want to be able to spend time with and provide guidance and mentorship. And I think that's the difference between, you know, where I'm at now as a father and where my father was. 
you know, like I, I remember like as I grew up in that 19, 20, 21 age and I was angry. I got really angry at that point. That was my rebellious phase. I remember at 19, I was on the treadmill. And I was, I made a conscious choice to say, screw this time to rebel. I've been a good kid all my life. You know, that oh, yeah. at school, I was like a clean, clean cut kid. I was like, screw this. And that's when it all started down downhill for me. But I remember later on, as I matured and got older and got through that phase, I thought about my dad and I asked myself, okay, so what kind of upbringing did he have? Let me think about what I know about my grandfather. And then a lot of it made sense. You know what? My dad probably never got the kind of support to understand what he was going through and change things about the way he was with me. But even then, God bless him, he he tried his best to bring me to Canada, you know, give me a life where I had the support structure. So what drives me now is I think what everybody else is saying is, I, I understand that my kids are their own person. That That's a secret tip for anybody who's a young dad like JC or my friends who are going to have kids very soon. Um, I treat my kids like they're already their own person. They have their own thing. I just have to give them guidelines and be there as the helping hand. Because the last thing I want to do is the same thing my parents did, which was enforce their will upon me until I said no more. And I rebelled. And it just, it cost me a lot of time in my life where I could have been developing, growing in different ways, in positive ways. Now, I want to piggyback off this point and ask you guys this. What are some of the negative misconceptions that are out there regarding dads? Because okay, there's a lot of them, right? What do you guys hear? Well, I guess I'll, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I guess I'll break the ice, but uh, it's extremely hard because I was a young dad. Uh, when, when my, uh, my eldest was, was young, I was very young. Um, so it, it's, it's something where, um, there's a lot of, uh, sort of stigma, I guess, where people look at dads as if they're incompetent, where, you know, uh, I, I would take my two boys, I'd take them on, uh, we call them magical mystery tours where I just find a place and we go and we go and, you know, explore it, be it a museum or a coffee shop or just, you know, riding the, riding the train or something. And people would always look at me and be like, but where's the mom? Mm. Does the mom know that the dad's doing this? Like, yeah. and it's, it's, it's frustrating because it's like, okay, I am, I am a competent human being like i you know especially with my daughter too like uh, having a young daughter and going out <laughs> in public with absolutely with, you get those looks yeah, right young daughter yeah it's like who are you and why are you with that child it's like well you see i'm kind of her parent so yeah you know you can back off here and that's that's just the and you know it's something that we see all the time in the media and movies and tv and portrayals of dad characters where you know there's this you know, you know, they're bumbling, they're an oak, they, you know, they're emotionally distant, they can't do anything, like, even in commercials now, like, advertisements, that's yes. become the trope. And, you know, I understand that, uh, you know, we're, we're leagues away from where we were in the 1950s, and it was the shoe was on the other foot. But I, I feel as though the pendulum has swung the other way to an insane degree, whereas, you know, the, the, the preconception is that, oh, he's a dad. Is that kid safe? Does that kid know what's going on? Does the parent, does the mother know that the dad is doing this? And it, it caused me so much frustration and rage because like, I'm just out with my kid. I know, Hey, you know what? My kid, they have water. They have a snack. I have a change of clothes with them. I put sunscreen on. <laughs> like I got this. And it's, it's, it's shattering to your confidence as a father that that is society's view of you is that you're just some, you know, you're, you're like a, a teenager that's been, you know, handed a baby. It's like, no, like I, I, I know what I'm doing here. Thanks. Uh, I think I'm good. 
And that's, that's just sort of my frustration and the stigmas that are going on. Yeah. I was going to say, it's kind of a social norm, right? That, that, um, it's like, it's comedic almost. Right. And in fact, a lot of the times that's how it's presented, right. It's in television, like you said, and advertising, the sort of bumbling incompetence uh, of, of the father as opposed to the mother. And uh, it's, it's like an acceptable joke. Um, yeah. You know, where, it, where I see it presented um, in real life uh, a lot of the time is, and this is also, I think a bit of a cliche, but I do see it is the, um, the big deal that other people will make out of dad doing something right. <laughs> right. Like, Oh, you took your kids to the park. That's so great. Good for you. Right. Or like, whatever you made dinner. Fant- like, wow, that's yeah. What My, a great dad. Cause I made spaghetti. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? One of, one of those huge things that I got pissed off at, and I actually, uh, I, I brought this up was, uh, we'd go out to restaurants and it would be, you know, Oh, well, you know, kid needs to change. Okay. And so I grabbed the kid, grabbed the diaper bag. I walk into the men's room not a change table to be seen. And, you know, yeah. you go to the staff and it's just like, is there a place where I can change uh, my son? And they're like, oh, um, there's a change table in the women's washroom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't go in the women's washroom. Thanks, Tip. Oh, well, your wife can. And I'm like, yeah, but she's changed like probably around 40 diapers today and it's my turn. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I, you know, it's, it, it's, it's frustrating as hell because, you know, there's, there's this con- constant sort of, belief and it's i don't know if it's just lingering from you know uh history that the primary caregiver is the mom i think it is yeah i think it is because the other situation where you see that sort of um deferment a lot of the time and actually it works against both moms and dads depending uh but in the same way that um the mechanic will direct their comments to the husband a large percentage of the time, even though, you know, maybe the wife knows more about the car. Uh, the, let's say, elementary school teacher at the parent-teacher interview will often direct their comments or defer to mom. Uh, and not always, obviously, and it's changing slowly. But I think those are both holdovers, like you said from from the times and it's it's still around right jc what about you what have you heard like some of the stereotypes or negative uh you know things that are being said about dads when it comes to parenting i think <laughs> to be honest i'm oblivious to all of this <laughs> I, 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 don't worry it's coming JC. i remember coming. those good days when i was oblivious uh, too i remember yeah, those keep days it, keep it i i um i've always dealt with stereotypes with humor so i kind of perpetuate it it's not healthy you know i'm a self-degradating dad (laughs) but that's how i deal with things is with humor um where i see um where i see it i guess is from within my own family how much money are you making you know like Mm. Mm, yeah you know how much time are you putting in work? If you're not working 12, 14 hours a day, are you really a dad? You know, that's the Filipino mentality, I guess. My dad was a regional sales manager in the Philippines and he traveled around. 
I never saw him. And that was the norm. I grew up around nannies. Um, so the pressures that, that I see are completely different, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I made it my life's mission to marry someone of different culture because I wanted to see the flip side of the coin. I know my relatives think the Filipino way is the best way. I beg to differ. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> and I think that's where I see the pushback. I'm trying to break the norm and I'm not going by the stereotype that they want me to be. Um, where I'm, I'm the dad that would work 12, 14 hour days and not spend. Yeah. Be being absent ab- from the kids know, life. They, right. Yeah. That's what the, ex- that, that's the expectation from me. Right. That that's yeah, your role. I, 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 yeah. I can sympathize because being that absent father, um, involuntarily sometimes, uh, you know, people, people have said, Oh, you're, you, you, you just up and left for six months. It's like, I didn't have a choice, but cool. Yeah. But when I'm here, I'm present, I'm active, I'm taking part in what they're doing, I'm involved, I'm changing diapers, I'm cooking dinners, I'm running baths, I'm doing everything that I can. But a lot of times people don't, don't see that. They don't see that aspect of it. They say, oh, well, you're an army dad. So like your wife is probably the best wife in the world and mother and can do everything. Yeah, I, I feel that way. I agree. But I'm still active in my kids' upbringing. Yeah, right. it doesn't mean to. that you're not good at it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, I think that I think the hardest part is that when when we do something, people e- either give us too much credit or not enough. Right? There's no happy middle ground where it's you know not enough oh, of it anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. Where it's you know, oh, you uh, oh, that's great. It's great that you're here and you're you're uh, you know taking them out on your on your time with your kids. It's like no, like this is just a normal Tuesday. Like, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. as, as opposed to you know, oh well, you know you're you're constantly working, so you know you're you know we're not going to email you this about your uh, your kids' grades or anything like that. It's like no, I want to know. Like, this is important to me. I'm I'm involved in this. Yeah. So yeah. I think I, JC, like, yeah, it's getting past the cultural expectations, and I know the same thing in you know italiano culture and you know everything else where it's you're you're the provider yeah, that's, exactly. that's what you do what do you what do you mean you're changing diapers why isn't your wife changing diapers you just worked 13 hours it's like yeah but i also had a hand in making that child yeah. i also had a hand, have a hand right. in raising that child. yeah that's right Absolutely. i'm responsible for some of that you know, that's what <laughs> exactly that's what that's what gets to me that's what really triggers me sometimes is when people act like the dad is just Oh, oh, you're not part of this equation. Once the child is here, it's just the mom and the child the and you're just a winner. provider. It's like, <laughs> hold on a second. Yeah, the breadwinner. What if I want to be a part of, you know, bringing my child up, raising my child? If I consciously choose to do that, then why why is that stereotype there against me that, oh, you shouldn't be the one changing diapers? Well, why not? What oh, if I want I, to do that? I, I have a, I have like, a strict rule on weekends when I'm on my days off. Like I'm always on call, especially on you know there are emergency situations at work. Uh, but I don't open emails. I, I I don't take client calls on weekends. And one time I was at a family gathering, and my phone rang, and family was like, "You're not gonna take that? Huh. <laughs> no, I'm gonna <Nope>. barbecue." <laughs> 
like leave me alone like you're not my boss like but that's the expectation you're you're, you're the breadwinner you you, you got to do things and it's it's all about sacrifice they don't realize that sometimes you got to take a pause from making money and and, and prioritize the, the the mental well-being of your children be present yeah now i want to ask this to you guys because you guys uh, you guys touched on this a little bit how has becoming a father affected your relationship with your partner? I'll start with JC because you're um, the that. It's been great. I mean, both of us are just overjoyed. Um, our communication has definitely gotten better because you have to be on the same page. You, ha- you can't confuse your kid. And it's hard. You know, especially me, growing up in a different culture, I may react to certain behaviors differently. That's what I said. I made it my mission to marry someone of different culture because Filipinos exercise a heavy hand, man. Like you got, <laughs> they lay down the law and, and I was spanked. Through, I was getting into physical altercations with my, with my dad at age 15, 16. Like, I don't want to raise my kid like that. Uh, she's What's Canadian. your partner's background? She's, she's from okay. she's from sarnia um she's caucasian um and i always tell her you know like i, I wish i was raised in your family um because everything huh. is so gentle everything is handled with words i mean obviously you have to draw the line when you have to you know kind of give your kid a love tap and we encourage that but for the most part it, it's been great. Uh, we become closer. Our communication has gotten a lot better. You know, you got to be consistent. Um, I don't want to confuse my kid. I'm piggybacking with a lot of things because I think she was brought up the right way. <laughs> so I'm trying to emulate more of, you know, her upbringing and bringing it over to our child wearing. And I ask a lot of questions. What did your parents do when this happened? You know, how did they deal with that? And whatnot so yeah gotten to know each other a lot better that's amazing steven what about you well so <laughs> this 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 is funny because uh i i think uh this is this is getting a little into the weeds here but my wife and i we got married uh when we were 20 and so we've been together now for we've been married for 12 years um and i can tell you that our our relationship has evolved probably six or seven times while we were raising kids. So, you know, when we first got together, um, you know, obviously you did the lovey-dovey, you know, butterflies and, you know, hard eyes. The honeymoon phase. Honeymoon crap that that goes through. And then when we had our first kid, it was very much like JC being like, oh, this is awesome. You know, oh, you know. And then when we started having more and more kids, and then when we had older kids and then when sort of the weight of the world kind of came down on us um and especially um you know my wife she comes from a a a similar sort of trauma background as i do and you're both trying to you know point out to each other in loving ways that hey you know what that's it's not an accepted behavior that maybe that's a tough mission when you're both coming from that same oh yeah yeah. oh yeah and you know we're we're you know we've both kind of had to check each other's egos 
And, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes to do that in a loving way, depending on what the, uh, the situation is. And I know for myself, like, uh, when it was time to, to time to get sober, it was a very, uh, direct and unpleasant conversation that was had, but it was needed. And so I think that, um, to get back to your, your original question, how has, uh, you know, parenting changed our relationship? I think what it's done is it's made us less and less those, you know, love struck sort of teenagers where, you know, Oh, I love you. I'm going to, you know, we're going to just lay in bed all weekend and do, you know, whatever we want to do. And, you know, uh, just kind of live la vie en rose sort of thing. You've kind of had to become your, your partner's keeper in a way. And, you know, I think that what we've done in our relationship, at least is we've, we've evolved to the point where we're, we're able to take each other to task and have hard conversations with one another, be it about parenting or be it about, you know, the way that we interact with one another. I can fight to her about things that are going wrong at work. She tells me about, you know, everything that's going on wrong with her day, um, you know, making, you know, difficult decisions that you wouldn't normally make with another person. It, 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 I think, I think the only thing that I can really say is that it, it forges your relationship a lot more having kids and having older kids too. Um, you know, you, you harden, you harden a bit where, you know, um, especially with each subsequent kid, you know, you've kind of, you've gone through the stage once. So when the follow on kid is, is doing similar behavior, you're like, Oh yeah, no, we, we've dealt with this. We got this. We can get over it. So it's, it's less and less uncharted territory and more and more, you know, you're, you're, you're going through the adventure with someone that you've, you've been with, uh, on similar adventures and you're, you're kind of strengthening the bond as it goes. Uh, and Jason, you've been in a relationship the longest out of all of us, I think with your partner. Sure. So, uh, you know, what are your, in- um, you know what, I, I would agree uh, with what Stephen just said in the term in, in, in respect to, I think that having kids has made our relationship stronger. We become closer uh, as the years have passed raising our kids. We, you know, we're very different people. Um, I'm a cake for lack of a better term, I'm Caucasian, um, Canadian with, you know, no um, special uh, ethnic traditions. And my wife is Macedonian. My family and I, we all like each other, but we're not, we don't spend a lot of time talking to each other. We're not super close. We, you know, we, when we talk, it's great. But if I talk to my parents twice a month, that's a lot. Um, Whereas I think that the entire um, Macedonian village that my wife's parents grew up in moved to this area of the city and they're all up in our business all the time. Um, And so that was an adjustment for me, but um, yeah, my wife and I, I mean, we, right from the get go, we've had this really strong relationship. We, we never fight like really we'd never do, which is crazy, (laughs) but not because not because we don't express ourselves because we do. We just, uh, we've just really sort of, I guess, nailed communicating and, and having kids forces you to do that. Right. It, because like you said, uh, I think JC said, you have to be on the same page. Uh, and you know, um, my oldest is turning 20 and I totally agree with you, Stephen, in that, you know, once you have 
being through a bunch of stuff with with a child with the older ones it it hardens you a little bit uh but it it really sets you up for better success in dealing with this as it comes up with the next one and the next one right but my wife makes the joke that uh, kids are like pancakes. You always ruin the first one, but the other ones kind of get better. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe that um, might be true. <laughs> that might be true. So, it, it, it's, it's funny because, you know, um, I will say that my wife and I, we, we, I wouldn't say we, we fight, we argue, right. but it, it's one of those situations where passion begets passion, right? So, you know, yep. we, uh, you know, we can have it out for one another. Like we had a disagreement about something when I came home from lunch and then I went back to work and we all kind of, you know, had a chance to cool off. And then I came home and it was like, okay, I brought her flowers. I brought her chocolate sort of thing to be like, Hey, you know what? I'm sorry. And she apologized to me and we made amends. We made supper. We were joking and laughing. So it's, I think that that is the healthy thing to show our kids is that, Absolutely. you know what? You can definitely be mad at someone. You can be angry. You can be upset. You can have disagreements but it's not the status quo. It's not the level, right? right so, yeah. You know, no, and it's not to, the end either, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. I think uh, I can echo that sentiment quite a bit because, you know, having my first daughter, and I speak about this on my other episodes in my podcast, um, it, it added a pressure like never before in my life. And it forced me to actually shut down my... Uh, my health and fitness business at that time. So background, quick background. I keep saying the story almost every episode, but it's so relevant. Um, back when I was about to have my daughter or we were ha- about to have our first daughter, um, my fitness business was taken off. I was like making double the money I was making for my nine to five on a monthly basis. So I was like, okay, it's time to go full time with this. It's pretty obvious, right? Like this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I want to do. Let's go. But then my daughter comes along and then all of a sudden working nine to five and then working at the six to eight hours at the gym <laughs> was no longer feasible because my wife could only put up with so much. So it came to a point where not only was my health being affected, but my relationship with my wife and the time I was getting with my kid was being affected. So I had to make a choice and I said, you know what, I got to stop the fitness business right now because, uh, you know, there's uncertainty with starting a business. Anybody who's done, who's done a business that, you know, it's very uncertain the first six months. If you can survive that, then you're good. So I didn't want to take that chance because somebody else relied on me now, uh, two people actually, right? So, yeah. uh, and what it did was having a child, it exposed the weaknesses in the armor for us, right? I mean, we had a pretty good bond. We, we fight like normal couples. We make up like normal couples, but it really exposed it because then you have, you know, one person disproportionately staying up at night when the kid's crying and not sleeping. My first daughter, she was colic, so she just would not sleep through the night. That's uh, hard. And then during the daytime, of course, I'm dead tired and my wife is having to kind of counterbalance there and take care of the kids there. So that really exposed a lot of the weaknesses that we were forced to confront. We were forced to then look at it and say, okay, how do we get better at communicating? And like everybody said here, communication is the key. How do we get better at presenting the same front? Because you don't want to give them different messages, right? Like JC was saying, you've got to be on the same page. So that was a big learning curve for us. And uh, it didn't help that my wife had, you know, postpartum uh, depression. That really kicked our butt for a bit. But because we yeah. went through that with our first daughter, when our second daughter was born, like Stephen, you were saying, it's like, oh, she's staying up till two. Oh, we've stayed up till five or six in the morning. I have video proof of that, whatever right? Like you get so much stronger as a unit. doesn't mean you're perfect. You still go through ups and downs, but as a unit, it just strengthened our front. We were all aligned in the same direction. So I think that, you know, becoming a father for me was a big check to say, you know what, you think you have it all under control, but you don't. Because when the pressure comes on, you've got to grow, 
right? If you don't grow, you're about to break. Yeah. And not only you, you and your partner both have to grow together. Now it's not just a solo race, it's a team race and you got to coordinate. So um, I want to, you know, I want to keep this conversation going, but I promise you guys, I, I wouldn't take too long. We've, we're already actually <laughs> a double over time here and I appreciate you guys still staying on, but I do want to end with a couple of last, um, you know, questions that I think would benefit people listening. Uh, if I could start with you, JC, because you've just become, you know, dad recently. What's your favorite thing, your absolute favorite thing, thing about being a father? Seeing my dad when I get home from work after, uh, sorry, seeing my son when I come home from work. And after a long day, you just get destroyed with, with, with what you do um, when you're nine to five. Then you come home and your, your your boy's waiting for you and he goes, daddy's home. It just warms your heart. Um, I, I, the adrenaline rush and the, 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 that I get is, yeah, I can't really compare it with anything. And I look at my boy and I'm just, one thing that I really enjoy is his evolution too. Um, it's fun watching him grow up. Um, He's now talking in sentences. I can have full conversations with him. He can say his full name. So that part is really cool because, you know, you've got a human developing right in front of you. Yeah, it's really fun. Steve, Stephen, how about you? So I think the thing that, uh, that really excites me is, as a dad is sharing in their accomplishments. So it's, it's something where um, even if it's, it's it doesn't have to be a big thing. It doesn't have to be like a graduation. It doesn't have to be, you know, them scoring a goal or, you know, winning a trophy or anything like that. Um, it's being able to share in their accomplishments and, you know, being able to, to show them something once and then have them imitate it and do it with uh, success. So, you know, I think to each one of my children and I think, okay, well, when, what is something that I am proud of them? for today, for this week, or today, what did they accomplish? And being able to relate that accomplishment to guidance, to mentorship, to instruction, and be like, hey, I taught this little human to do something. Uh, you know, my, <laughs> my, young, my youngest son, he's nine years old, and he loves watching me cook supper. That's, that's my thing I that's do in the awesome. evening when I come home from work is I cook and he's coming. He's like, so how do I do this? How do I do that? I like that. Why do we, why do we do it this yep. way? And just, you know, I could easily say, okay, like go away. I have to cook. Like we want food on plates before, you know, nine o'clock tonight. Let's go. But being able to be like, no, so we're cooking it this way because this is, you know, this is how we do it. We add this specific ingredient because this this is what it adds to the meal and i am actually uh this happened this evening where i you know it's it's nice weather out uh get the barbecue going and he said dad i got this and i'm like okay I, I'm, I'm sure you got it and he, <laughs> you know, he was on the barbecue i was making sure he didn't catch on fire but it was one of those things where it was like yeah you know what i'm confident that this little person that is walking around the world I taught him how to do something. He knows how to do it. He has the skill. That's and awesome. so be, being, you know, I think the, the best part about being a dad is being able to take your experiences, your knowledge, your, uh, you know, 
what you do in life and being able, if they're willing, if that's what they want to do, to pass that knowledge on to them and have them develop into these adults. And I think, you know, my, my mantra has been, you know, I'm not raising a child, I'm raising an adult. So taking that time to teach them skills that they're going to need when they're older and not just be like, well, you know, I don't have time for this. And, you know, having to, to maintain that, that thought and that headspace that, yeah, you know what, you're, everything that you do, every experience that you're passing on to them, they're going to use later on in life. And, uh, you know, that's kind of been my, uh, my cornerstone stone for being a father. That legacy you're leaving is so awesome. Uh, Jason, that what about cool. you? Uh, I just want to say before I, before I forget that, uh, I'm not raising a child. I'm raising an adult, Stephen. That's a good one. I have to remember that. That's, uh. I like that a lot. Uh, for me, I think my favorite thing is different and it, it changes. You know, when, when my kids were really young, um, I was, uh, you know, definitely a lot of the stuff that JC talked about, you know, the kids being excited to see you when they came home and watching their first steps and, you know, seeing them start to develop with their words and their, um, you know, becoming little people. Um, I think. Well, for me right now, I think my favorite thing is when my kids come to me to show me something that they're proud of, something that they have done, something they have created, something they have, uh, whether it's, you know, a test that they did really well on or, um, my, my son, right. He, he likes to, um, uh, dabble in video game design right now so he'll you know create a level on some game uh, and then he'll like come into my room when i'm having my morning coffee on a saturday really early because he's one of these kids that gets up at like 6 a.m no matter what and yep. you know to show me this this level you know and we sit down and he walks me through it and, and he's so proud of it and so and that and that that makes me really happy my daughter my middle daughter is really into uh special effects makeup right now so she does all these like really ghastly uh faces on herself and she and she comes and she shows us and i've and seen those proud of her. they're good right they're incredible <laughs> yeah. I, the latest one she put up with like, the, the whole face is black and she's got the teeth around the edge the i was teeth, like yeah <laughs> that's in, like, i i can't even imagine like the kind of skill and like, like the work she puts into that's amazing Right. But to, so, so to have them, you know, find a thing, a passion yeah, is, uh, is in, a, in itself great. And then for them to want to share it with me, uh, with us, my wife, myself, um, that's something that, that really touches me right now, for sure. And uh, I just wanted to piggyback off of what you said there. Another thing that is kind of, uh, helps me motivate me as a, as a father is when they come to you, when they screwed up, oh. when they <laughs> messed it up yeah. and they're like, uh, dad, I, I, I need to talk to you about something. And it's like, Oh, so we're having this talk now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but and, that's important. Uh, having that trust, right? Ha having them come to you and be like, you're a safe person in this situation. I need your advice. I need your help with something. Yeah. What do I do? And I think that, you know, a lot of times, you know, especially as parents, we all like to be like, Oh yeah, you know, my kid's amazing. My kid did this. And then, you know, like I, I had a situation with my son where he was, he got caught using a school computer inappropriately. And I had to pull him aside and be like, okay, let's go over this. You know, yeah. what to do? Okay. Yeah, that's bad. 
how are we going to fix this? What did you do from this? Okay, we're going to, we're going to, I got you. We're going to work through this and we're going to try and find a resolution. But him being able to come to me and say, dad, I, I, sorry, I almost cursed there. Dad, I screwed up. Yeah. Far better. And I was far more proud of him and proud to be a father that he said, dad, I screwed up. Than me getting a phone call and being like, oh yeah, so your son did this because I, I would much rather the kid come to me first and say, yeah, so I'm having trouble with this or I screwed this up instead of someone saying, oh yeah, your kid did this and me having to react blind to it. Right. So that's a good point. Cause it's easy to like the good stuff. Oh yeah. Right. Um, it's how do you deal with the, the bad stuff or the not so great stuff? Yeah. Correct. What's the dynamic there? I'll add in my little bit here um, because my kids are younger. They're five and younger. Um, I think what I truly enjoyed have enjoyed up to this point and I'm sure it'll change as they become teenagers, especially because they're girls and girls like to rebel against dads. I get that. Uh, but at, so far, uh, I think it's just the the different kind of unconditional love that I've received from them. I, I can't quite explain it. I've been trying for years to figure out how do I put this into words, but it's like, you know, your partner loves you a certain way. Your parents love you a certain way. Your siblings, cousins, whatever, they love you all a certain way. Your best friend loves you a certain way. But the love of your child, like my daughter, uh, my eldest daughter, at least, whenever I would leave the house, when she was like one or two, she would be the last person standing at the doorway, even after my partner's gone and everyone else is gone. And I would come back and lock the door, like, no, no, go in. And then when I'd come back, she, she hears the keys and she runs to the door. Nobody else, right? Nobody else, just her. It's like, there's a weird kind of unconditional love you get from kids when they're that young, that it's pure. And when they talk to you, they're looking at you in the eyes. Like this mm -hmm. is something in the military we struggle with. Like we tell people, when you talk to someone, look them in the eye, like be direct with it. Kids do it instinctively. And I love it because it's like, you know, they mean everything they say, they mean it. Whatever they're saying to you, whatever they're confessing, whatever they want to talk to you about, they're engaged with you in that moment. And that's all that exists for them. And that yeah. kind of unconditional love it's it's literally saved me. I remember when she was born, I was going through the last bit of my rebellious phase and all of that stuff. And she literally saved me. Her being in my life, I made better choices Inst immediately. I was like, even though I want to do this thing, I, I won't because I have a daughter now who's going to look up to me and one day know who I am. So I have to be better. So it I, forces you I, to grow up. Yes, it does. Yeah. Hmm. So I, I, I think the term you're looking for is, is not unconditional, but unguarded. I think that a lot of times- I love, the that. I love that. A lot of the relationships that we form, everyone's guarded. Everyone doesn't want to tip their hand to everyone else. You know, even with my spouse, there are things that, you know, that have gone on in my past, you know, uh, experiences that she will never see the light of day on. So, you know, I, I guard, guard myself with, with my love towards her. But with kids, especially little kids, it's like, you know exactly what's going through their head. They're telling you. So yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Now I I want to end this on on one final question for all of you guys, and I'll kind of go with JC first, and then Steve, and then Jason. Think about it for a second, and and, and kind of share with the audience. There's going to be a lot of people who listen to this podcast, both in your friend circle and mine, and there's going to be a lot of dads or dads to be, or just men in general who are considering, you know, becoming a dad at some point in their life. What is the one thing, the one message you'd like to convey to them? So JC, you're up. Oh man, that's a loaded question. I always ask one question that makes uh, you think. So this is the one. I'm listening to both these gentlemen, you know, with us tonight. And 
one thing I've realized is a saying in Filipino culture, you've got a lot more rice to eat, meaning I've got more things to see. I've got more things to learn. Um, I guess just be open to every possibility and work with your partner. Uh, working with my partner uh, made things a lot easier for, for, for this family. Uh, having, you know, I don't make any decisions without running things by her. I make sure that we're both on the same page and vice versa. We want to make sure that um, we present a united front. But, you know, coming from a different culture, so sometimes... It's not personal, but ideology, I don't want to say ideologies, but the thought process clashes sometimes. So for me, it's taught me to be more open to um, different ideas and different point of views. And um, be more trustworthy that the person next to you is, you know, has the same goal. That's to raise a good child or a good adult right and like it's a tough question to ask because i'm so new to this guys uh, i'm listening to both jason and steven here and you like i'm picking up a lot of things um that i can do and i can implement uh, i guess yeah just be open to ideas especially if you're oh and one thing don't listen to other parents' advice because it's different situation for different families. Like, especially yeah. if you have a newborn or people see that your wife is pregnant, they're going to tell you, oh, you got to do it this way. You got to do it that way. Right. Yeah. It doesn't help because when it doesn't work out, you kind of blame yourself. Well, why didn't that work? It worked for this person. You know, like, be open. <laughs> do you, boo, is what I say. <laughs> I love that. That's good. I, I like love that. that. Steven, you're up. Uh, I guess the only parting advice I'd get is uh, give to people is that you're going to fail and that's okay. Uh, you know, uh, we have an expression in the military that uh, perfect is the enemy of good and good is the enemy of okay. So, like that too. you know, when, uh, when you're, you're dealing with your parenting, you know, like JC saying, you know, don't listen to other parents. But I'd also say, don't believe Instagram. Don't believe Facebook. People put what they want on there. They don't put the messy bit, right? So <laughs> no. when it comes when it comes to you know your parenting, you're like, oh my god, I'm screwing this up. I'm going to ruin my kids. You know, I uh, oh this this vacation has to be perfect. No, you know what? Your kids aren't going to remember the times that are perfect. They're going to remember the times that were okay. They're going to remember the times that hey, you know what? I liked when we went and we got a popsicle after we went for a bike ride because that was one of the memories that I have as a kid. It's not, you know, massive vacations. It's not what I got, you know, Christmas morning, anything like that. It was a small, okay moment that m made my childhood. And so that's, that's sort of my, my philosophy is that, you know what, if I'm talking to a new, new dad, I say, you know what, just, just enjoy the ride, see where it takes you. The second you try and make it perfect, it's going to be a bad time. So just, you know, just do what you can. Try not to screw up. Too bad. It's going to happen, though. But, uh, you know, just just make sure that uh, you keep that mantra, you know, perfect enemy is a, of good 
good as the enemy of okay. And your kids are going to be okay if you're okay. I love that message. Thank you for that. Uh, Jason. You guys keep saying stuff I want to put on t-shirts. Like, <laughs> we've got more rice to eat. Perfect is the enemy of good. <laughs> like, seriously, this has been awesome. Um, you guys have said most of, of what I think about parenting, you know, if I was going to tell somebody something. So I guess I'll keep it super short. Um, I think that two important things for for new dads and for people that are going to become dads are to be prepared to learn and to relearn over and over and to trust yourself because, because you need to trust yourself and your kids need to see that you trust yourself. That's I'll leave it at that. I think I don't think I need to repeat anything else that you guys said. I'll uh, I'll add in my last two cents here uh, before we end the show. In my short experience as a as a dad, I think one message that's kind of seared into me from my experiences and that I've seen has paid off the most benefits in my life is to focus on the memories, mm. right? Being late for work by five minutes is okay, right? But ignoring your kids' pleas to get one last hug is not, because when you're 60, 70, 80, and you're retired or you're you know you're you're done working. What are you going to have? You're just going to have the memories. What's, what are your kids going to have? They're just going to have the memories. They're not going to care if you were a CEO or a janitor or a soldier or a doctor. They don't care. They just care about the memories. I'm speaking from personal experience and what I've seen happen across the world. If you always remember, keep the memories in mind, then you'll be able to guide yourself a lot better in situations that seem trivial, like you're rushing about this and that, and you're having a temperamental day yourself. And don't lash out at the kids. You know, that might be what they remember. Maybe control yourself. Go vent out somewhere else. Come back and be cool with the kids because they'll remember stuff. They don't forget. My kid's like a <laughs> vault. She locks every memory in there and brings it up like three weeks later. And we're like, what in the world? Right? Uh, so that would be my last message. And I, you know, this this has absolutely been my absolute favorite episode of my show so far. That's why it's gone almost two Good. hours at this point. I, I want to thank my panel for joining us. And, uh, you know, from Jason's experience, from Steven's experience in military, from JC being a new dad, and from myself being kind of in the middle. Um, I love the fact we had such a diverse uh, group today, and we got so many amazing topics. Uh, anybody who listens to this podcast, whether they're a dad, mom, or anybody at all, I think they're going to take a lot away from it. I appreciate the fact that you guys stayed way beyond the one-hour time span I, I had scheduled for it. I think we, this was one of the best conversations I've had. And uh, I wish you guys the best uh, you know, going forward. And let's not make this the last time we all talk to each other. So um, I look forward to seeing you guys again. Thank you for joining me. And for the listeners who are listening, you know, Father's Day is coming up. I, I try not to make a big deal out of special days because that's just, you know, the commercial world. They, they want you to think it's special, so you buy special things in the markets and stuff. But, you know, the, I feel like now that I have a platform, it's a responsibility on me to make sure men's issues, father's issues are, are heard and talked about so we can discuss it. Because men, we don't do that often enough. We don't have that support structure often enough. So... Uh, with respect to that, the next two episodes, part three and part four of the Father's Day special on this podcast, part three, we're going to talk about a basic exercise plan that all dads can do from, from home, minimal equipment, if that, uh, and things that incorporate, you know, hanging out with your kids, working out with your kids if you want. I'll give you some options for that. And part four, I'm going to get into nutrition. Because keep in mind, when you are a parent, father, mother, whatever your role is, 
you you don't have the time luxury that most other people would do who don't have kids. That's something that you always have to keep in mind. So look forward to part three and part four. I appreciate you guys again for joining me today. Jason, Stephen, JC, thank you so much. And until I see everybody next time and hear from everybody, stay strong, be kind to one another, take care of yourselves, and I'll see you then.